After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M. Monday morning on this October the 29th, day 20 in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5779. I want to start by acknowledging uh, those who've actually uh, made contributions to our efforts uh, here at um, the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting and J.M. in the A.M. in memory of Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Malinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Cecil Rosenthal, David Rosenthal, Bernice and Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, and Irvin Younger. These are the uh, 11 victims in um, what has now become the reality um, of our greatest fear becoming, uh, becoming a true episode, a true news item greatest fear, meaning that even here in the United States in 2018, we, we go to synagogue on Shabbos morning and, um, in so many cases are prepared with security and, uh, and precautions and procedures and, uh, nonetheless, we always know that um, that something could happen, that a madman could strike, that a massacre could occur, and our greatest fear, of course, uh, came true this past Shabbos morning. And as the collective Jewish heart aches for the Jewish neighborhood of Squirrel Hill, Pennsylvania, and Congregation Tree of Life, and all the people and families that have been affected by this tragedy. We again see that the sanctuary and the solace of a location that to the Jewish people is the utmost holy, the utmost peaceful, the utmost comforting, turned into a site of mass murder and the worst, worst manifestation of anti-Semitism. 
I commented to someone right after the news um, started seeping through in the afternoon uh, here in Manhattan on Shabbos that for centuries, for centuries, in remote parts of the world, in some cases in the central part of the um, of the most active areas of the world at certain times, the synagogue was used as a place of convenience to murder Jews in whatever dastardly way could be concocted. And we never expected that in the year 2018, in the United States of America, in this land of freedom, in a land that again we see and has been reiterated by the reaction of its public officials and its first responders, will go completely out of the way to protect its citizens and to take whatever precautions are necessary to save lives. That even in this amazing land in 2018, a synagogue was used as the most convenient target to cause the most damage and murder the most Jews on a Shabbos morning. And now the stories of... um, of this episode and the horror that everybody went through who was there in the building and the the terrible the terrible fright and horror that the people of Squirrel Hill and that surrounding area have to go through now in this aftermath is becoming clearer and clearer. Many articles this morning, newspapers, social media Uh, people sharing on different sites what went on in that shul and how people and how people endured endured somehow saved their lives by choosing a place to go in the building and being lucky enough thank god to have survived and the horror of hiding in a dark storage room wondering if they were the next victim, wondering where the murderer was in the building. Something that will never escape their minds for the rest of their lives. So this morning we remember uh, 11 of our brothers and sisters. This morning we remember uh, older members of the congregation, the youngest victim, uh, 54 years old. And I say it that way because the a couple of the headlines point out that these victims were the heart and soul of the synagogue. Of course they were. Of course they were. In the synagogue before 10 a.m. Shabbos morning, dedicated community leaders, dedicated community members, of course they were. Of course these were devoted congregants, devoted congregants who, as the New York Times says, kept this community going. Of course they were. And often I say that when we see the enemy strike in Israel, so often... They take the best of our people, those who take our worldwide Jewish community so seriously, those who, for whom the worldwide Jewish community is utmost on their mind, and in a very different way, obviously, but in this case, the same thing. The madman comes in, massacre ensues, and some of the backbones of a relatively small but active and historic Jewish community 
are taken and murdered under those circumstances. I think a lot has to be said about the uh, reaction of the of everybody, reaction of the public officials and first responders, which I thought was exemplary, frankly. And it could it could go in many different directions. You can get a certain a certain feeling, even through their words. Sometimes you can get a certain feeling that there's a, a lack of sincerity or a or a desire to. Um, say something publicly they don't actually mean. In this case, I did not get that feeling. I felt there was tremendous sincerity, uh, great concern. I was, um, I was pleased with the reaction of the public officials here in this area, New York and New Jersey. And um, this will lead to a lot of further conversations further conversations about our synagogues, further conversations about our places of worship and places of gathering. And um, let us hope that the community in Pittsburgh is able to uh, rebound from all of this. Two two points have to be made. The response of the non-Jewish community to this tragedy certainly in Pennsylvania, but I I think way beyond that um, was much appreciated and continues to be appreciated. Um, Not sure I enjoyed the condemnation by the PA, frankly, um, when they're so committed to killing Jews and funding those who, who have murdered Jews or their families of those who've murdered Jews. That I could do without, but in general, it was a uh, a heartwarming response from the general public, and um, and secondly, there's a there, there's often a tendency in our own community, and I could say this in this forum. I don't know if I'd say it anywhere else. There's often a tendency to um, to separate to not realize what the enemy realizes, that we are all Jews, we're all brothers, we're all sisters. And there's a tendency very often to either ignore what happens in a certain um, sect of Judaism or a certain type of community that's not similar to ours or similar to others. And in this case, I must say that across the board, right to left, most visibly Jewish to most visibly assimilated everybody came out declared their their own pride to be a Jew and uh, declared their own sympathy and condolences brotherhood and offers of help and assistance to those in Pittsburgh and I felt that was very very significant not all the members of of every section of Judaism will be familiar with it. Many of them are not even on social media to see that their representatives made this gesture and, and spoke the way they did. But the fact that it was made, the fact that the that people across the board, all of us feel this 
this unity and kinship and friendship and bond with these brothers and sisters of ours, I thought was one of the few positives that came out of this horrific episode. So this morning we remember, and we thank actually an anonymous donor who specifically told us yesterday as he was supporting our work here, please, please, please remember all 11 victims and dedicate this morning's broadcast, which of course we were anyway, to their memory. So Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Mallinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Cecil Rosenthal, David Rosenthal, Bernice Simon, Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, and Irving Younger are all being remembered this morning. Our brothers and sisters who were brutally murdered in a massacre and let us never, ever tone down for any reason what this episode was. A massacre of Jews in their synagogue. Let us remind each other and let us remind our children that someone walked into a shul, could have been your shul, my shul, could have been any shul in this country, and went ahead and in wanton fashion just decided to open fire and murder Jews. That's what happened, and let us never forget that that's exactly what happened. JM in the AM, it is a Monday morning broadcast on this October the 29th, the 20th day in the month of Mar Cheshvan, the year 5779. Rabbi Judah Michel is scheduled to join us. He has an event tonight at Yeshiva University. He'll join us live via telephone in hour number two this morning. And Rabbi Many Evan Israel. Rabbi Steinsaltz, whose father, of course, is the legendary Rabbi Steinsaltz, and who has a, a brand new chumash to uh, share with us. He'll join us live in studio coming up in the 8 o'clock hour this morning here at JM in the AM. Uh, so make sure to be uh, tuned in for that as we uh, continue here on a Monday morning broadcast. We are heading back to school, back to work on this um J.M. and the A.M. Monday, Yaakov Shweki has a song called One Heart. And I keep mentioning, and I, I, I do this very often when, uh, unfortunately, and it seems way too often, uh, when, when we are speaking about uh, terror attacks and the murder of Jews and how we all come together and have this collective Jewish pain, how the collective Jewish heart has this collective Jewish pain that just is shared by everybody. He has a song entitled One Heart. That's next. Thanks for tuning in on a Monday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. I know we share family ties And all the world keeps telling us 
how you and I are really so alike. It's not about the language or geography, no connection to color, shape, or size. It's rooted deep in our history. It's a spark that we carry inside. If we join as one today, we can build a better tomorrow. You and I have always shared one heart. We were never meant to be apart. My fellow Jew, we can make it happen. You and I have always shared one song. Jews from every corner.
J.M. in the A.M. Comes from Barry Weber. Before that, Michael Nadada, Achenu, as we think of our brothers and sisters on this early Monday morning. From the NSN app, Trucker Yitz, speaking to us from a rainy day in the Catskills, noting the tragic loss in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wishing everybody a blessed day. Um, listen to Terry. Acknowledging the uh, discussion about us all being Jews, something that I thought uh, was taken to a a different level in a positive way this time around through this tragedy, frankly. Recommends Lenny Solomon's Ani Yehudi. Good choice. Um, Our rabbi friend who checks in every day. Uh, We are speechless. Um following the tradition of Aaron HaKohen, Vayidom Aharon, in response to the death of his sons. We are speechless and stand in solidarity with Pittsburgh and all of Klal Yisrael. We daven, console, and seek ways to help each other and help our own children feel safe. But we won't back down, we won't stay home and hide. We laud the response of our non-Jewish brethren and our government officials. We are one people. On the subject of we won't stay home and hide... Uh, yesterday, I was alerted to a campaign that has started for Shabbos uh, Parshas Chayesara this coming Shabbat to encourage our brothers and sisters around this country, and I would guess around the world as well, but certainly in the United States in response to what happened in Pittsburgh, to pack the shuls this coming Shabbos, houses of worship of all denominations, to demonstrate that, in fact, we are not going to back down to demonstrate that, in fact, we are not going anywhere and we're certainly not going to let this violence and this terror and, in specific, this massacre deter us, deter us from our tradition, from our faith, and from our brotherhood. I mentioned earlier that the um, that some of the descriptions of what happened in the shul and the horror that uh, those who were who were murdered and those who survived were going through during those minutes is uh, literally horrifying. The New York Times writes, as gunfire shattered the prayerful morning stillness of the Tree of Life synagogue, Barry Werber was hiding in a darkened storage room. In front of him was Melvin Wax, a longtime member of the New Light congregation, whose body now lay on the floor. Then a man stepped through a swinging door into the room. Mr. Werber saw that he was carrying a long gun. He walks in, Mr. Werber said of the killer. He steps over Mel's body. The man seemed to look around for a brief moment, but couldn't seem to see in the darkness. He walked back out. (sighs) Mr. Werber escaped with his life, but 11 others in the synagogue on Wilkins Avenue on Saturday morning did not. The massacre unfolded over about an hour in individual acts of endurance and courage. Mr. Werber holding his breath in the darkness police officers who rushed in while the gunfire was still raging to confront the killer, congregants who put aside their terror to help one another. 
It ended when the gunman, identified by police as Robert Bowers, wounded and crawling on his knees, surrendered to police officers. He had, quote, wanted all Jews to die, he told a SWAT officer then, according to a criminal complaint filed in the case, because Jews, quote, were committing genocide against his people. The synagogue massacre on Saturday one of the worst attacks against the Jewish community in the United States in decades hit at the heart of one of the country's most vital Jewish neighborhoods. We've heard this, by the way, I say parenthetically about Squirrel Hill. We've heard this for decades, literally, about how historic, how amazing, how close-knit the community there is. Mayor Bill Peduto called the synagogue attack the darkest day of Pittsburgh's history. It began as a normal Saturday for the Tree of Life Synagogue in the Squirrel Hill neighborhood, home to about one-fourth of the Jewish residents of Greater Pittsburgh. As the population has aged and attendance has dwindled, three congregations, New Light, Tree of Life, and Dor Hadash, have all come to call the synagogue home. The New Light congregation met in a downstairs area in what is formerly called the New Light Chapel. On a typical Shabbat, about 20 people would show up to worship at New Light. Many of those would trickle in late. At 9.54 a.m., shortly after services started, emergency dispatchers began receiving 911 calls from the synagogue. One of the calls was from Mr. Werber. Active shooters, said the dispatcher, 5898 Wilkins Avenue. There's an active shooter in the building. They're being attacked. There's gunfire. Caller is going on, is going to be on the third floor. One person down so far. Mr. Werber, a 76-year-old retired information technology worker, had come to Saturday services as usual. Cecil and David Rosenthal, two brothers with long ties to the congregation, were just inside greeting people and handing out prayer books. Mr. Werber noticed a table by the entrance with some wine goblets and a bottle of whiskey, presumably for a special ceremony called a bris, in one of the other congregations. Mr. Werber did not usually come on Saturday morning, preferring Friday night and Sunday morning service, but it was the yard site, the anniversary of his mother's death, and thus a solemn occasion for him. He went downstairs to the New Light Sanctuary, where the rabbi of his congregation and two others had already gathered. There were two more members there that morning. In the sanctuary, Mr. Wax, 88 years old, who was a fixture at New Light, stood in the front to begin the service. Suddenly there was a loud noise. I assumed that someone had run into that table, Werber said, referring to the table with the wine goblets. I opened the door to look, and I saw the body of Cecil on the steps. 
He knew immediately what had happened. So did the rabbi who had already gone to the back of the sanctuary where a swinging door led into a storage room about six feet across. Mr. Werber, Mr. Wax, the rabbi, and Carol Black, another congregant, all hurried in. It was pitch dark inside. I didn't know that room too well, Werber said. I had been in it once, and I knew there might be a back way out of the building there in the dark. I couldn't find it. The rabbi did apparently find a way out and left to seek help. Werber, feeling around in the darkness, called 911 on his cell phone and described what he was hearing. Joseph Charney, 90 years old, a congregant since 1955, said he was standing in front of a woman who was reading to the congregation and next to his rabbi when they heard what he thought was furniture falling. It was not until Bowers walked into their congregation that they understood what was happening. As soon as I realized what it was, it was get out of there or die, Charney said. He saw Bowers shoot four people. He ran away quickly. I saw a big gun. I only looked at him for a couple of seconds, and I put two and two together, Charney said. He said he and the woman scurried to a space on the third floor where there are places to hide because they are small. He stood there with the woman thinking of two things. Keep your mouth shut and don't breathe. It was very difficult. When the first police officers arrived around 10 a.m., the gunman immediately began shooting at them. We're under fire, said an officer, according to a transcript of the police radio scanner. He's got an automatic weapon. He's firing at us from the synagogue. Another officer reported we're taking on AK-47 fire from out the front of the synagogue. Werber was hiding in the storage room with Ms. Black and Mr. Wax. Mel Wax, blessed memory, couldn't hear, Werber said. He had hearing aids, but you had to shout to make him hear anything. I wasn't about to do any shouting. After a long pause in the gunfire, Wax pushed the door open. Three shots rang out, Werber said, and Mr. Wax's body fell back into the room. When the gunman came in, stepping over Wax's body, no one said a word. Ms. Black was crouched near the door. Werber's cell phone was unlit. If there had been any light, I would have been the center of the bullseye, he said. I was just hoping he didn't have a flashlight or he just didn't spray the back of the room for the hell of it. Instead, he walked out. At 10.55 a.m., the SWAT team encountered Bowers up on the third floor where he had barricaded himself. Shots were still going off when I came out of the room. An officer said on the scanner, I believe he's still alive. Eight minutes later, officers reported talking to Bowers. Officers exchanged gunfire with the suspect. Four police officers were wounded, three of them by bullets. He's been given orders to crawl out. An officer said he has not done so yet. At 11.08, the suspect finally surrendered, crawling toward the officers. When the police got to Werber, he went over to check Mr. Wax's pulse. There wasn't any. He followed the police out. Later, he learned that Stein and Gottfried had also been killed. The three people who died are the heart of our congregation, said Stephen Cohen, 69 years old, a co-president. They are the people who conducted our services, did Torah readings, managed the Bema. It's a stab in the heart. Werber and Black were taken to a police car where they sat and listened to the drama on the police radio. After that, they were moved to a pediatric facility across the street and afterwards to the JCC. When Werber was finally allowed to leave, he found that he was lost going home on streets he had known his entire life. 
I couldn't find my way home, he said. News of the massacre prompted condemnation from around the world. Pope Francis led prayers for Pittsburgh on Sunday in St. Peter's Square. President Trump ordered flags to fly at half-staff after returning to Washington from Illinois on Saturday night. On Sunday night, a cold rain pouring outside. Thousands gathered for a standing room-only vigil. In Pittsburgh, rabbis, ministers, other faith leaders spoke alongside officials from the city, the country, and the state of Israel. Ruvain Rivlin, the president of the state of Israel, appearing by video link, led the attendees in saying a mourner's Kaddish. Naftali Bennett, Israel's education secretary, spoke in person about coming together and saying no to hatred. Mayor Peduto talked of driving anti-Semites back to the basement of their computer and away from the open discussions and dialogues around this city, around this state, and around this country. Mr. Werber, for his part, was not certain when he would be able to return to the synagogue he has considered an important part of his life for nearly 20 years. It's our home, he said. But to be very honest, I'm going to have trouble walking into our sanctuary. It's not a sanctuary anymore. Literally, it's not a sanctuary anymore. Just one of the accounts of Shabbos morning in the Squirrel Hill area of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Eight minutes before 7 o'clock, you're listening to a Monday morning broadcast of JM in the AM.
Spinner and Achenu Monday morning broadcast on this October 29th. I believe today is the uh, sixth anniversary of uh, Hurricane uh, Superstorm Sandy, which was also on a Monday, if I'm not mistaken. And that was a time that everybody came together. And sure enough, six years later, we have another time over this uh, weekend where people are coming together. 20th day in the month of Marrakesh. I want to thank and acknowledge an anonymous donor who has uh, supported us this morning in uh, recognition of the of the sacrifice and memory of Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Mallinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Cecil and David Rosenthal, Bernice Simon and Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, and Irving Younger, all of whom were murdered in Shul Shabbos morning. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, the historic 
and uh, tight-knit Squirrel Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania that we've heard so much about over the last, I mean, in my case, over the last many decades and in the Jewish community's case over the last century and more. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NahumSiegel.com on the NahumSiegel Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Galaitzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Monday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMN. ליצן מירושלים השעה אחת, שלום רב, כאן רן יבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. לקראת מדליה נוספת בגרנד סלאם באבו דאבי, פיטר פלצ'יק העפיל לגמר הגברים עד 100 קילוגרמים. כתבנו אופיר יונתן. פלצ'י גבר על יריב גרמני בחצי הגמר וניצח אותו בוואזארי בניקוד הזהב. הג'ודאי הבטיח מדליה חמישית בטורניר ויקווה לנגן את התקווה בשנית באבו דאבי. בגמר יפגוש פיטר יריב עזארי או פורטוגלי. במקביל העפיל אורי ששון לחצי הגמר במשקל למעלה מ-100 קילוגרמים. כשניצח ביפון יריב סרבי. ועדת השחרורים החליטה לקצר את עונשו של דורס שני אורחשין, בנו של שופט העליון לשעבר, מישאל חשין. כתבתנו מוריה אסרף. פלצ'י גבר על יריב גרמני בחצי הגמר וניצח... צלמו הורשע בהריגתו והפקרתו של שני אורחשין, זיכרונו לברכה, נשוי ואב לשלושה, לאחר שבשנת 2010 דרס אותו למוות בעודו רכוב על אופניים. אלמור הוטלו 12 שנות מאסר, מתוכן ריצה עד כה שבע שנים. הפרקליטות ביקשה עיכוב ביצוע למשך שבוע על מנת להגיש ערר על ההחלטה לקצר את עונשו של הדורס. ראש הממשלה בנימין נתניהו נפגש הבוקר עם הרמטכ"ל המיועד, האלוף אביב כוכבי. השניים דנו בתפיסת הביטחון 2030 של נתניהו. הבוקר מינה כוכבי את אלוף משנה גיא פאפו לעוזר הרמטכ"ל. מדובר במינוי הראשון, בו מעורב הרמטכ"ל המיועד. ועליו החליט יחד עם אייזנקוט. דיווחים בגרמניה, הקנצלרית אנגלה מרקל תפרוש מראשות מפלגתה. לדברי בכיר במפלגה הנוצרית דמוקרטית, הקנצלרית הודיעה לראשי המפלגה כי היא לא תתמודד פעם נוספת לתפקיד יושבת הראש בחודש דצמבר הקרוב. מרקל תפרוש אחרי 18 שנים בתפקיד, עם זאת היא מעוניינת לשמור על תפקיד הקנצלרית. ראשי הקהילה היהודית בפיטסבורג בפנייה לנשיא ארצות הברית טראמפ אינך רצוי כאן כל עוד לא תגנה את האלימות. כתבתנו אינן טונו. במכתב פתוח עליו חתמו כבר יותר מ-16,000 בני אדם. ראשי הקהילה היהודית הטילו על הנשיא טראמפ את האחריות ברצח. אתה קראת לרוצח רשע, אבל האלימות היא תוצר ישיר של השפעתך, הם כתבו והוסיפו. בשלוש השנים האחרונות מילותיך ומדיניותך העצימו את התנועה הלאומנית הלבנה שהולכת וגדלה. מהבית הלבן טרם נמסרה תגובה. מסתמן שמעונות ופעוטונים עם למעלה משבעה ילדים יחויבו בעתיד בהצלבת מצלמות במעגל סגור. כתבנו ניר שוויד. טיוטת החוק הראשונית הציעה לסבסד את התקנת המצלמות בלבד למעונות המעוניינים בכך. כעת בעקבות הסכמות בין יושבת ראש הוועדה לזכויות הילד, שאשא ביטון, שרת המשפטים שקד ומשרד האוצר, החוק יפעל על בסיס רצוני רק במשך שלוש שנים. אחריהן המעונות והפעוטונים שבהם יותר משבעה ילדים יחויבו להתקין מצלמות. והתחזית חם ויבש. אלה החדשות שעורך דן דובין. ששואל את עצמי 
מי אני? אני קצת ספרדי, קצת אשכנזי, קצת ישראלי, טיפ-טיפה גלותי. אני אולי דתי ואולי חילוני, אבל ביני לביני אני יהודי, וזה יהודי לא טוב יותר מאחר, לא רע יותר, פשוט יהודי. לפעמים חייל, לפעמים תלמיד, יש לי המון עבר. וגם רואה עתיד, לפעמים מתנגד, ולפעמים חסיד. אולי גשמי, אולי רוחני, אבל תמיד תמיד, אני יהודי, וזה יהודי. J.M. and the A.M. is pointed out by one of our listeners, a very important uh, single, a very important song to keep in mind this morning as the uh, world, the Jewish world, continues to to uh, cry on each other's shoulders and give one big collective hug from around the world to the, uh, to the Jewish community of Pittsburgh, and that is Ani Yehudi. It seems this time around, thank God, Jews of all backgrounds, all denominations, Uh, Jews from all different types of uh, religious observance are coming together, offering help, feeling the solidarity. 
It's a shame it took this, of course, but thank God in the aftermath of this episode, at least uh, that is one positive. Um, The victims on uh, Shabbos morning ranged in age from 54 years old to 97 years old, many of them longtime members of the synagogue. The victims included developmentally disabled brothers, a couple married for over 60 years, a 97-year-old grandmother, all of them murdered in this massacre as they were slain for their faith, as the New York Post puts it, because they were Jews. And, um, in fact, the... uh, The uh, the couple who was murdered were actually married in that shul 62 years ago. It is, as we know, one of the uh, oldest, most historic uh, synagogues, uh, rather communities, uh, Jewish communities in this country, uh, Pittsburgh in general, in the Squirrel Hill area, and um, as specifically. The rabbi of the synagogue, Rabbi Myers, recounted uh, last night, he said the shooting began a few minutes after the start of services at 9.45. I helped pull out the people that I could from the front, but alas, I had eight people in the back. One fortunately survived. Most of the worshipers inside the synagogue were sitting in the back. Seven of my congregants were shot dead in my sanctuary, he added. My holy place has been defiled. I'm a victim, I'm a survivor, I'm a mourner, he told those who gathered for the vigil, where he was joined by other rabbis from other congregations. By the way, I mentioned earlier how um, I am proud that uh, many groups that often stay silent in our community when things happen in a um, in a synagogue that's not, not like theirs, have really come forward with offers of help, with uh, beautiful messages, etc., which is really heartwarming. In addition to that, the incredible Misaskim organization that we have mentioned countless times on this show uh, and on this network uh, sent 11 people to Pittsburgh to do what they could in terms of um, dealing with the sanctuary. And there are issues. I don't want to get too graphic, but there are issues in terms of these types of attacks and uh, how to deal with blood, etc., from the Jewish victims. Um, So they sent volunteers out there to deal with this and to work with the authorities, which was really unbelievable. So we see an outpouring and a uh, a camaraderie and a brotherhood that uh, we don't always see, frankly. I want to thank those who are commenting on the uh, app. Uh, someone is asking for a Shlema for Elazar ben Chaya Rachel. Elazar ben Chaya Rachel. Uh, Moshe Dov ben Chanapesha. Moshe Dov ben Chanapesha. And uh, Eliezer Luna ben Rus. Eliezer Luna ben Rus, one of our... Commenters talks about the uh, the fact that those who were murdered were elderly. 
longtime members of the shul. And as I said earlier, yeah, who else would be there at that point, at the very beginning of the services, but the backbone of the congregation, those who are the real dependable people when it comes to when it comes to community, when it comes to the uh, Shabbos morning services. Everybody knows that from their own shul. Uh, speaking of our own shul, in the aftermath of all of this, uh, everyone must examine what goes on at their own shul. Everyone must examine the security procedures. In fact, uh, there was an illusion yesterday during one of the discussions that in this shul, where the attack took place, they actually had uh, some type of uh, training, some type of seminar in terms of what to do in a uh, in an open fire uh, gunman situation. And um, every shul obviously has to rethink all of this in the aftermath of this terrible attack, this massacre by this uh, madman. And um, there's an effort uh, being made that I noticed yesterday to pack the shuls around the country of all denominations, that everybody who considers themselves a member of our faith be in synagogue at some type of prayer, some type of a service this coming Shabbos morning, Parshas Chayesara. I think it's a brilliant initiative, not just because we want people in shul, which obviously we do, but in addition to that, it is important, very important to to show the world that we are not going to back down. There is a pride, there is a pride in our tradition, which which many people never realize, but there is a pride in our tradition um, in the fact that our synagogues are open 365 days a year, three times a day, and that this attack on Shabbos morning did not prevent any shul from opening Shabbos afternoon, did not prevent any shul from close from opening uh, uh, Sunday morning for services yesterday. And that's important. That's important to remember. And uh, specifically with the way the world perceives our dedication to Shabbos morning services correctly, right? Shabbos morning, so many of us make sure to be in shul even if we're not able to during the week. I think it's extremely important that we utilize this Shabbos to really bring out the troops and show the world that we are not backing down, that we will continue to observe and take advantage of the freedom of religion of this great land, and that the synagogues that in the past, in centuries past, were used like the synagogue in Pittsburgh was as a as a way or as an accessory to murder Jews, those synagogues will be used for their divine purpose to serve God and to be unified as one in our community. Monday morning broadcast, our hearts with Squirrel Hill, Pennsylvania. You're listening to JM in the AM. Me. 
Shame Hashem, it's Shame Hashem, yeah, hallelujah. Shiru lo, shichodosh, zamu lo, ikin izgov shemo. Yeah, hallelujah, it's Shame Hashem, it's Shame Hashem, yeah, Monday, we're heading back to school, back to work. Speaking of school, please remember that this coming Wednesday we broadcast live from Yeshivat Noam. Rabbi Chaim Hagler is our host with his amazing staff, and the children of Yeshivat Noam in Paramus, New Jersey, will be there Wednesday starting um, with JM in the AM. We're going to probably extend JM in the AM. Uh, but again, Yeshivat Noam, their 18th anniversary celebration, will be there Wednesday, October the 31st. If you're someone associated with Noam at any point in the last 18 years, come on down, enjoy the show, enjoy seeing it live. And uh, and if not, then uh, certainly uh, tune in. Tune in for all the discussion coming up on uh, Wednesday from Yeshivat Noam's, uh, Yeshivat Noam's 18th anniversary. J.M. and the Amber by Judah Michelle is going to join us. Big event up at Yeshiva University tonight, which we will talk about. The Jewish world internationally still reeling. I think that's the way to put it. Reeling from the massacre of Jews in Squirrel Hill, Pennsylvania. Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This past Shabbos, we spoke earlier of the horror that the over-one-hour episode had not only, frankly, on those who were murdered, but those who survived as well. The experience was one of complete terror that we read to you earlier. That is for sure. A couple of things about the story that are, and, and again, the pride that I have that every segment, uh, at least every segment that we would ask, Every segment of the Jewish world has responded 
with the proper uh, messages of condolences and warmth and offers of help to the uh, Jewish community of Pittsburgh in the aftermath of all this. A lot to be proud of in that regard. Um, As I mentioned earlier, this, of course, will toss into question everybody's... uh, everybody's assessment of their own security in their own synagogues and the debate about armed or not armed security personnel has already started. That's something that the President of the United States brought up almost immediately. In this article in the New York Times, it says, as the nation reeled from Saturday's synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh, the borough president of Brooklyn said on Sunday that he would begin carrying a gun whenever he attends religious services. From now on, Eric Adams, borough president, a retired captain of the New York City Police Department, said, I will bring my handgun every time I enter a church or a synagogue. Mr. Adams, a Democrat and 22-year veteran of the police department, made his remarks at a news conference outside a Jewish Family Services Center in Midwood home to one of New York City's highest concentrations of Orthodox Jews, the police department already instructs active officers to carry their service weapons while off-duty, with few exceptions. Retired officers are allowed to carry concealed weapons under federal law if they pass a marksmanship test. Adams, who spoke outside OHEL, uh, urged off-duty officers to bring guns when they attend religious services. Instead, they would be, they would be an extension to the on-duty officers that already protect many houses of worship. Yeah, I can attest to that, by the way. The New York City Police Department made it very clear on Shabbos afternoon that they were stepping things up uh, in front of and near all the synagogues in this area, that I could tell you. Anyway, that was the response of, um, of Borough President Adams As I said earlier, uh, all the government officials in this area, including the mayor of the city of New York, with uh, appropriate responses to what had happened in Pennsylvania. And like I said, this calls into question everybody's own security in their own synagogues everywhere in this country and beyond uh, in the aftermath of this uh, terrible tragedy. The... um, the funerals, of course, have not yet taken place, that we know, uh, as the crime scene is being processed and the uh, medical examiner decides, along with religious officials, when the bodies would be released. Uh, but nonetheless, so many people already have decided to go to Pittsburgh and to offer their condolences and help to be there for the community and to show the Jews of Squirrel Hill that Jews from around the world care and that we, in fact, are brothers and sisters the way we preach we are. It's a collective vote to everybody whose attention has been turned to that area of the country and who are there to help our brothers and sisters at this time. More coming up. It's a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. But when late at night I was walking down the Hermon I walked down the holy mountain down in the valley in a very dangerous mission I couldn't think of anything else to say. Gamkie left the gates of Even I walk in the valley of death. I don't fear evil. I know you are with me. He was singing my melody. 
So friends, whenever I sing this melody, I see this holy soldier walking down, all the angels, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob walking behind him, Mashiach in front, Ilya Novi on the side, six million behind them, join me softly.
JM in the AM Monday morning. Want to acknowledge the um, anonymous uh, donor who has supported us in our efforts today. In memory of uh, Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Mallinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Cecil and David Rosenthal, Bernice and Sylvan Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, and Irving Younger, all victims, of course, Pittsburgh's massacre in the Shul and Squirrel Hill this past Shabbos. We will dedicate, of course, our Goldwasser's words to their memory as well. Uh, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. All of Klal Yisrael is in shock. We have been rocked by that which took place in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, in the Tree of Life Synagogue, on the Great Shabbos, when 11 precious nefashos were snuffed out. We cannot stand for one moment in silence. We have to raise our voice. We are mourning. We are in grief. We are shocked by what has gone on. It is interesting that when Hashem said to Avraham, you will know with certainty that your children will be strangers in a land, not their own. They will serve them. They will oppress them for 400 years. But also the nation that they will serve, I shall judge. And afterwards, they will leave with great wealth. The Medrash asks, why does it say, Yodoa Teda, that you should know? It's explained. Yoda Shani Mephazron, Know that I will spread them out, I will scatter them. Teda shani mechanson, know that I will gather them together. Yodeh shani mishabdon, know that I will cause them to be servants. Teda shani goalon, know that I will redeem them. The great tzaddik of Satmar asked the question, Why did Hashem have to warn Avraham Avinu ahead of time? that the Jews are going to go into Golos, into exile. We are all, Maminim B'nai Maminim, we're all believers. And in the 13 main principles we say, V'hu levado oso v'ose v'yase l'chol amasim. Hashem alone does and did, will do everything without anyone's help. The Ramban, at the end of Parshas Bo, says that a person who doesn't believe that everything that happens, happens because of the Ratzon Hashem, and that nothing is by chance, has no chalik, has no portion in the Torah's Moshe. So why is it that Hashem had to forewarn Avram Avinu about the Golos in the Geula? The Satmarov says, because there will come a time in Golos when it's not enough to have this general understanding. There are certain things that are just beyond the pale. Those things that seem unusually abnormal, as if they have no place in our ordinary world. Nonetheless, we still believe. Avram Avinu was told, there's going to be a time when we're going to have to clearly understand that it's part of the long gullus that we're in, and all the tsaras that we endure are due to that exile. We pray that just like Yodeh Sha'anim Mephazron, that we know that we're going to be scattered, 
And we have to go through servitude. And even such a terrible tragedy, like the one that happened this past Shabbos. Teda, no, Hashem says, that you will be gathered up. Teda, that you will be redeemed, that you will be comforted. And there will be one day when Kitsu Yiranu all of those that were martyred, all of those that have passed on, will sing and dance together with all that are living. Bikarov Biomenu, may it come swiftly in our days. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizuk.
JM in the AM. Gam Kielach done by the Shira Hadasha Boys Choir. Before that, done by Shalshelis here at JM in the AM. Rabbi Judah Michelle was scheduled to join us. I hope he still will. NCSY presents his Vados, an evening of Torah, Nigunim, and inspiration tonight, 9 p.m., with Rav Judah Michelle, Mashpia of the OU and NCSY, director of Camp Ask. And live music and the Gundam led by Benny Friedman. It's going to be at the Yeshiva University Weisberg Commons. Men and women are invited. For information, speak with Devorah Schwartzman at schwartzman at ncsy.org. Schwartzman with a C, S-C-W-A-R-T-Z-M-A-N at ncsy.org. So that's happening tonight with Judah Michelle and Benny Friedman together for his Vados, 9 p.m. at Weisberg Commons up at Yeshiva University. Don't forget this coming Wednesday. This coming Wednesday, we are live from uh, Yeshivat Noam. Um, 18th anniversary celebration, their high anniversary under the leadership of Rabbi Hagler. Yeshivat Noam, uh, JM in the AM broadcast for their 18th anniversary this coming Wednesday morning, final day of October. That happens this Wednesday right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We invite your comments on the app. Go to the NSN, Nahum Siegel Network app for Android and iPhone. And comment away, as we like to say. There are um, many things to say this morning, that's for sure. And you could utilize that forum to do so. I do remind everybody that we are brought to you by Bedford-on-Park. Bedford-on-Park is a beautiful, delicious, incredibly incredibly delicious restaurant located at 61 East 34th Street in New York City. In addition to their wonderful lunches and dinners and their fantastic ambiance and a perfect environment for any business meeting, afternoon or night. Uh, they are now planning for holiday parties, end-of-year celebrations, Thanksgiving dinners, Shever brachos, um, office parties for your clients, for your staff. They do it all. Bedford-on-Park, located at 61 East 34th Street. A delicious menu, great starters, wonderful steaks, fantastic entrees, salad, soups. They have it all under the direction of Chef Alex. And they want to book your party that takes place between now and the 1st of January. Contact bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com, 61 East 34th Street in New York City. Make sure to mention you heard about it here on the Nahum Siegel Network. On the next live edition of the Israel Show, which is coming up at 9 o'clock, Israel creates more cracks in the Muslim wall that surrounds it. Within less than a week, the Hatikva is heard publicly in Abu Dhabi, and Prime Minister Netanyahu is officially welcomed in Oman. And, of course, the not-to-be-missed weekly Israeli music mix. If you haven't liked the Israel Show Facebook page, go to facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. And on Novak now at 11 o'clock this morning, there's only one thing American Jews should be doing in the wake of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. Uh, Jake Novak will be talking about that on Novak now today at 11 a.m. Eastern time uh, on the Nahum Siegel Network, so stay tuned for that. In between, of course, you have our sports program. Yoni Pollock will preside. I'm sure he'll discuss the... Uh, finality of the World Series and uh, week eight of the NFL, etc. between 10 and 11. That show is called After Further Review. So uh, in the there's so many things as we've been saying for the last uh, almost two hours. There's so many things to say in the aftermath of the massacre. Uh, the synagogue, the sanctuary, the, the place of um, the place of comfort and solace 
for centuries for the Jewish people, unfortunately over the same centuries, has often been used as a convenient place to murder Jews. And many of us thought that in 2018, especially in the United States of America, that time has passed. And we do have security, and we do take precautions, but who would dream, who would dream that even in a country that has seen JCCs and other houses of worship um, be attacked, uh, meaning house of worship of all religions be attacked, uh, who would, who still would ever have thought that we would see the words synagogue and massacre in the same sentence? Well, that reality <clears throat> certainly came to the forefront this past Shabbos. And, um, <clears throat> and the synagogue that was attacked, that was attacked, uh, the worshipers there were, uh, so worried about a potential attack, according to this article, that they sought safety training from the federal government this past spring about how to handle an active shooter. The Tree of Life Synagogue had asked for a security site visit from the Department of Homeland Security in March. The request came as the House of Worship prepared to submit their application for a DHS not-for-profit security grant. The... um, Facilities routinely request this support to better understand their vulnerabilities to ensure they target their application against their most significant risks, the officials said. The security site visit looked at vulnerabilities against multiple threats with an active shooter incident among them. It wasn't clear if the synagogue wanted the uh, grant due to a specific threat or out of general precaution. News of the safety concerns came as details emerged about Saturday's deadly anti-Semitic rampage. After being wounded in the shootout that also injured four cops, the uh, murderer told a SWAT officer he, quote, wanted all Jews to die, and also Jews were committing genocide to his people. Acquaintances of the killer recalled him as an awkward loner who had few social skills. The shootout took place in the synagogue's third floor, where the murderer roamed during the course of the deadly assaults, according to court papers. He shot his victims with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle and three handguns, all of which he owned legally and was licensed to carry. A president of the congregation told the New York Times that two victims were killed in the kitchen where there's, quote, no place to hide. The uh, president of the congregation said that uh, Rabbi Jonathan Perlman shepherded two other terrified congregants into a storage room behind the sanctuary where they hid with the lights out. At one point, the noise died down. And Melvin Wax, 88 years old and hard of hearing, made the fateful decision to leave the storage room. He was killed, fell back into the arms of another man who waited like that until cops arrived. Two other people who stayed in the storage room survived. The synagogue safety review and training was initially disclosed by Homeland Security Secretary Nielsen during an interview on Fox News Sunday. Mayor de Blasio Sunday vowed the city, New York City, will protect its Jewish community with our lives in the wake of Saturday's deadly attack. We will defend with our lives the synagogues of this city and the community of this city. We stand with you. We will not let anyone harm you. There are no credible or specific threats against Big Apple Jewish institutions, but, quote, we will be vigilant. You'll see a very strong and clear NYPD presence in the coming days outside Jewish community gathering places.
Um, I mentioned earlier that, thank God, representatives of what we would call every segment of the Jewish community have come forward with condolences, wishes, offers of help to the Jews of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. That's the way it should be. It's not always like that. Thank God in this case it was one of the few silver linings in this horrific episode. And uh, so many are stepping forward. So many have already traveled to Pittsburgh to be there with the people on the ground. And all that is to be commended. Generally, the worldwide reaction, again, to be expected, but I thought in this case came across even more sincerely. Uh, the, um, The gathering of leaders of different faiths these statements by leaders around the world of, again, different faiths and of different nationalities were certainly well taken. I can do without, as I said earlier, the Palestinian Authority and their condemnation. I could deal without what I heard earlier this morning, that Linda Sarsour was at a vigil in New York City last night. I could do without that. But I guess this is not the time for that. And also, I'll tell you one other thing. As as the tone of the political rhetoric in this country continues to be a theme everywhere, TV news, now before the midterm elections, newspapers, social media sites, etc. I, I think there needs to be some honesty revealed or honesty acknowledged that both sides, or better said, all sides, are responsible for that tone, everybody's got a uh, got a lot to say, in an, and often in a very heated manner about the "quote unquote" other side. And I think that needs to be stated and acknowledged and recognized as um, blame continues to be tossed in what looks like all directions. JM in the AM Monday morning. This coming Wednesday, we're at Yeshivat Noam for their 18th anniversary celebration. I hope you'll join us. Should be a great show, recognizing one of the uh, wonderful schools in our community as they celebrate 18 years. Meanwhile, we have more coming up on a Monday morning broadcast, including a visit scheduled by uh, Rabbi Many Evan Israel who is scheduled to be, he's the executive director of the Steinzalt Center. He's expected in our studio about 20 minutes from now. We are very much looking forward to greeting him here on a uh, Monday morning. I mentioned earlier that the Yaakov Shweki has a song uh, that we actually played earlier this morning that I think uh, is so important to keep in mind as the collective Jewish heart continues to feel and transmit the pain of this um, horrific massacre in the shul this past Shabbos. The collective Jewish heart around the world aches, and a tremendous amount of comfort is coming from that heart to the Jews of Pittsburgh. Yaakov Shweki has a song entitled One Heart here at JM in the AM.
It's the brother in you I've been looking for Cause I know we share family ties And all the world keeps telling us How you and I are really so alike It's not about the language or geography No connection to color, shape or size It's rooted deep in our history It's a spark that we carry inside If we join as one today We can build a better tomorrow You and I have always shared one heart We were never meant to
Yeah, beautiful selection from Yaakov Shweki, appropriate for today at America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app.
JM in the AM with Shalom, peace. Miami Boys Choir here at JM in the AM. Yaakov Shweki before that Monday morning at 8 minutes after 8 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in and joining us. I mentioned earlier that that uh, the chutzpah of uh, Linda Sarsour being at a vigil, it was not New York City, it was in Washington, D.C. Still, plenty of chutzpah. Also, uh, earlier today I mentioned that there's an effort that has been uh, announced <clears throat> that I think is a, a noble effort and a really good one. Um, to pack, <coughs> excuse me, to pack the shuls is coming Shabbos. Um, many of us, especially younger people among us, sometimes it's lost on us uh, how our shuls, our synagogues, are open 365 days a year, three times a day. And sometimes it takes an epiphany, frankly, for a young person to realize that, wow, that's that's true. That's true. Legal holidays, weekends, vacation, cholamoid, we're always open. Um, and the the suspicion that somebody would not be going to shul or shuls would not open for Shabbos Mincha this past Shabbos or people would not go to shul or shuls would not open Sunday morning, yesterday morning, uh, those of, those of you who know our community, uh, those thoughts were ridiculous. Thank God those who are, are normally in shul Sunday were in shul yesterday and today. Um, but the initiative that I wanted to mention is the uh, what was brought to my attention from the AJC, which is an initiative to pack our shuls this coming Shabbos, that this Shabbos, Chaye Sarah, uh, we should make a stronger effort, especially those who don't normally make it to shul, or those who don't normally make it to shul at a uh, acceptable time, uh, to be in shul this Shabbos. And uh, let us show everybody who will pay careful attention to the Jewish community's reaction nationwide to last week's or this past Shabbos' massacre. Uh, let us show them what uh, what they <clears throat> can expect from the Jewish world. The resilience, the commitment, the brotherhood, the unity, the fight that the Jewish community has. We have a freedom of religion in this country. Let's not take it for granted. Let's make sure we utilize it to its fullest. This coming Shabbos, we encourage everybody, especially those who are not normally dedicated to being in shul on a Shabbos morning, make sure to be there. Do it for the memory of those who perished yesterday, for those who perished on the Shabbos in this terrible massacre. Do it in their memory. They knew how important it was to be in shul, and frankly, to be in shul on time. Let us try to do the same this coming Shabbos with them in mind. Monday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM. Sorry about that. It's JM in the AM as we continue with Simcha Liner at JM in the AM. They tell you that you're too small to make a difference. They tell you that you're too weak to go the distance. But take the first step and you'll see that you can go far. They tell you that you're too lost to be inspired. They tell you that you're too short to reach up higher. But they're not feeling the passion that lives in your heart. Oh, just trust in yourself and show them who you really
agreed you would never make it But you pushed to the limit And see now what could be achieved Only show them the world can be changed If you only J.M. and the A.M. Change the World, done by Simcha Liner, as we uh, dedicate this morning's broadcast to the memory of uh, Joyce Feinberg, Richard Gottfried, Rose Malinger, Jerry Rabinowitz, Cecil and David Rosenthal, Bernice and Sylvan, Simon, Daniel Stein, Melvin Wax, and Irving Younger. In the aftermath of the uh, the murder, the massacre this past Shabbos in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. By the way, I gave kudos yesterday. <clears throat> excuse me, I gave kudos yesterday to the Pittsburgh Steelers and to the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and Vancouver Canucks, who uh, were on. Uh, they were on the road in Vancouver Saturday night. In both cases, the um, the teams acknowledged the. Terrible tragedy for the city of Pittsburgh and for the Jewish community. And I said there's a, as, as those of us who love sports uh, always know, there is a healing aspect and a unity aspect in the sports world. And having them recognize that publicly with millions of people watching uh, can only be a comfort uh, to many. So that was a really classy move on their part. 
during yesterday's games and Saturday night's games. Monday morning broadcast at JMNAM as we dedicate our broadcast this morning to the memory of uh, of the 11 victims and uh, continue to laud those who are immediately jumping into action to assist the families out there in Pittsburgh. There have been no funerals yet as of now. So you can imagine the uh, the difficult the difficult time now between the episode and the eventual uh, burial and shiva periods that are going to be upcoming. Uh, we were scheduled this morning to speak live in studio with Rabbi Meni Evan Yisrael, Executive Director of the Steinzalt Center. I am hoping that he will still be able to uh, visit us here in the next few minutes at JM and the AM. I don't have a a handle on his location at this moment, but hopefully he will join us. There is a brand new Steinzalt's Chumash that must be lauded for the uh, incredible work that it is. Uh, so hopefully he'll be joining us today, and if not, obviously we'll reschedule, but we are expecting him at some point this morning here at JM and the AM. I also want to remind you that uh, our friends at NCSY are presenting a Hisvados event tonight, an evening of Torah, Nigunim, and inspiration starting at 9 p.m. with Rav Judah Michelle and Benny Friedman up at Yeshiva University's Weisberg Commons. That is happening uh, tonight starting at 9 p.m. Information, contact NCSY. Also want to remind you that there will be an evening of chesed to benefit the Laniato Hospital of Netanya with special guest speaker, the chief of the NICU unit, Dr. Aryeh Simmons. Um, hear about the incredible journey of a former Teaneck neighbor. This coming Wednesday night starting at 7.30 p.m. at the home of the Kaplan family on Jefferson Street in Teaneck, New Jersey. Information, 212 212- Nine four four twenty six ninety two one two nine four four twenty six ninety. You could also log on laniadousa.org, laniadousa.org for information about Wednesday's event. A reminder: this coming Wednesday morning, we are scheduled to be at Yeshivat Noam as they kick off their eighteenth anniversary celebration. Yeshivat Noam is where we will be this coming Wednesday morning for JM and the AM. Make sure to join us. If you're somebody who is um, who has had a role as a student, teacher, administrator, parent, a yeshiva noam at any point in the last 18 years, feel free to stop by and be part of that experience this coming Wednesday as we broadcast from Paramus, New Jersey, at Yeshiva Noam. Uh, the Israel Show with Mayor Weingarten is coming up at 9 o'clock. Israel has created more cracks in the Muslim wall that surrounds it. Within less than a week, the Hatikva has been heard publicly in Abu Dhabi, and Prime Minister Netanyahu is officially welcomed in Oman. Mayor discusses all of this, plus the not-to-be-missed weekly Israeli music mix. Don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Our sports program, after further review, which I'm sure will review the World Series and Week 8 of the NFL, is coming up between 10 and 11 with Yoni Pollock. At 11 o'clock, Jake Novak says there's only one thing American Jews should be doing in the wake of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. He'll talk about that on Novak now. That's happening at 11 a.m. Eastern time right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I want to remind you we are brought to you by Bedford on Park. Bedford on Park, a delicious and incredible restaurant serving lunch and dinner for you, your family, and for great business meetings every single day at 61 East 34th Street in New York City. Try their amazing steaks, including the 32-ounce prime cowboy rib steak um they are planning holiday parties hanukkah parties thanksgiving dinner 
staff celebrations, client acknowledgments. They're doing it all right now at 60, Shevabrachus. They're doing it all right now at 61 East 34th Street in Manhattan. You want to eat a beautiful, classy, beautiful ambiance, delicious food, great bar. It's all there at Bedford-on-Park, 61 East 34th Street in Midtown Manhattan. Plan your party, your Shevabrachus, your Hanukkah celebration now. Go to bedfordkitchen.com, bedfordkitchen.com. Tell them you heard about it here at the Nahum Siegel Network. More coming up. It's Monday at JM in the AM.
Blumenthal with Baruch Hashem Yom Yom. Thought that was an important song to uh, play as we remember the uh, victims of uh, the Shabbos synagogue massacre. 
because uh, Joyce Feinberg and Richard Gottfried and Rose Mallinger and Jerry Rabinowitz and Cecil and David Rosenthal and Bernice and Sylvan Simon and Daniel Stein and Melvin Wax and Irving Younger, they went to Shul Shab this morning figuring that they'll get home from Shul after services. And that's why we say Baruch Hashem Yom Yom, because if your day does go that way, were you able to get home safely at the end of the day? And there's plenty to thank God for, that's for sure. Monday morning, JM in the AM. Our hearts, our thoughts with the Jewish community of Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Eleven people slain for their faith, victims of the synagogue massacre. Uh, The horror that uh, both the victims and the survivors went through during that one hour plus period of time that they were trapped in that shul points we've made this morning, including the reaction by the world, which I felt in this case, both the across-the-board reaction in the Jewish community should be lauded, and the across-the-board reaction in the secular community or other faiths community should be lauded in this case, and recognized. Um, in addition, as I mentioned, there's an initiative for this coming Shabbos, Chaye Sarah, to pack our houses of worship, to pack every Jewish institution, that everyone should come out and show the strength of the Jewish world. To many, it's a, a wake-up call how our shuls are open every single day of the year, three times a day. Never a question that we'd be open for Mincha and Shabbos after hearing this news. No question we'd be open Sunday morning, this morning, every morning, every afternoon, every night. And uh, this Shabbos would be a perfect time to show how much we appreciate the freedom of religion in this country and how much we appreciate the one above and how we are committed to him by being in uh, and committed to our heritage, by being in shul and by making it a very, very community, a very, very unifying community experience this coming Shabbos. So let's do that in this country. Let's do that. Um, I also mentioned that, as we know, none of the funerals have yet taken place, and that's for obvious reasons because of the investigation, the medical examiner's office, etc. Uh, there are people, especially from our beloved Misaskim organization, that are there helping out to try to expedite this process and do whatever is necessary to... Um, contribute our standards, our laws, our customs into the entire picture, and that should be acknowledged in addition, of course, to the rabbis and everybody there who I'm sure are taking a much, much larger role in all of that than anybody else. And um, we also acknowledge that the, the community of Squirrel Hill that we've heard about for half a century, frankly, Uh, is one of the vital uh, historic Jewish communities of the United States of America. And if you read about it, you see uh, the type of history it has, the type of uh, community there is now. And uh, it's one that really represents uh, both the, uh, the old and new, both the past and present of the Jewish world of the United States. And um, 
I think it's one of the reasons that this. I think it's one of the reasons that everybody has um, been taken by this. One one of the aspects of it that everyone's been taken by is the historic nature of the community, and that should be acknowledged. Jam in the AM Monday as we uh, remember those in the synagogue massacre who ever thought that those two words would ever be said together in this country. We must laud those public officials, and I thought the mayor of Pittsburgh and the governor of Pennsylvania handled this as best as anyone could, their reaction to all of this. We must acknowledge all the public officials that have uh, committed and recommitted to the safety of the Jewish people and people of all faiths and people, all citizens of all backgrounds here in the United States of America. In the context of history, this is an exception. The way the citizens of this country are treated, especially by first responders and those in charge, public officials. And that has to be acknowledged. And there's no question in the aftermath of all this, every synagogue is going to question or examine their own security. The way things, uh, the way things are, the way they're situated, the way safety precautions are implemented in their own synagogues. It's a big wake-up call. It's a big wake-up call for all of us on many, many levels. And that, of course, is one aspect of it. Um, kudos to those who've already gone out to Pennsylvania to comfort the families. As we said, the funerals have not even begun yet. So it's going to be quite a week of necessary comfort. Quite a week of outpouring of love and affection for our brothers and sisters out there. So again, call like a vote to those who've already started to make the trips and be there for our brothers and sisters in this trying time. Twenty-four minutes before nine a.m. on this Monday morning broadcast. As we continue, more coming up at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. want to thank um, an anonymous donor who supported our efforts, uh, contacted us last night, uh, supporting our efforts in memory of the 11 victims, and I appreciate that very, very much. Uh, an opportunity for all of us to come together on this Monday morning here at JM. I want to thank Matis, who did a brilliant job. Both the data um, uh, attest to the fact that he did a brilliant job because a lot of people were attracted to yesterday's show for good reason, obviously, and um, for an important reason, I should say. And uh, that's number one. And number two, uh, he um, he spoke to Ari Wasserman from uh, from Pittsburgh and had uh, a really appropriate Sunday morning reaction uh, to the Shabbos massacre in Pittsburgh. So, Kolakavod Matis, thank you. Thank you. A real gathering place uh, for everybody yesterday morning. And I'm glad we're able to allow everyone to gather in this forum this morning in the aftermath of the uh, tragedy. Uh, we were expecting Rabbi um, Many Evan Yisrael to join us the son of Rabbi Steinsaltz, uh, this morning was scheduled to be in studio, speaking about the long-awaited English version of the Steinsaltz Chumash. Uh, Unfortunately, he has not uh, arrived, so I assume we will be rescheduling our encounter with him uh, for another time. I want to remind you that Mayor Weingarten is coming up. uh, As Israel creates more cracks in the Muslim wall that surrounds it within the last week, Hatikva was heard publicly in Abu Dhabi, and Prime Minister Netanyahu was officially welcomed in Oman. Uh, and those are both very significant. Plus, the not-to-be-missed weekly Israeli music mix, um, including the debut of a music collaboration between brothers Aaron and Yonatan Razel. I saw their sister the other day. She was visiting here in the U.S. Uh, don't forget to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Don't forget to uh, like the page and stay in touch with everything that Mayer is doing through that page. At 11 o'clock this morning, Jake Novak, after our sports show, after further review, he says there's only one thing American Jews should be doing in the wake of the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting. He'll be talking about that one thing on Novak now, coming up 11 a.m. Eastern time here on the Nahum Siegel Network. All right, so make sure to be tuned in. I want to thank those who, uh, oh, how do you like that? Someone just mentioned on the app that Matis did an excellent show yesterday. He certainly did, and I thank him. Um, I want to thank those who have been commenting on our app this morning, utilizing the app to be in touch and to uh, comment about the aftermath of the massacre and the uh, togetherness that we are feeling this morning from around the world. Uh, the collective Jewish heart, as I always call it, the collective Jewish heart is not only in pain now in the aftermath of this massacre in the shul, uh, but the, the, the collective Jewish heart is sending a tremendous amount of condolences and warmth and good wishes to the Jewish community of Squirrel Hill in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I think it's important to mention that there's been a tremendous outpouring and continues to be. Uh, and um, by far the reaction to all of this has been so appropriate. Uh, the way that people from all around the world have reacted to uh, to what went on. Uh, the debate over the political rhetoric, which frankly I, I believe both sides are to blame, and and the uh, question about whether there should be armed guards, etc. I, I think that for the most part, at least in our community, those have taken a secondary a secondary uh, role to the to the real story, which is the outpouring of condolence and warmth and love and affection for our brothers and sisters. And we learned again 
as Hitler and many, many, many other enemies of the Jewish people have taught us over the years. We learned again, and I posted this on Facebook the other night, we learned again that, in fact, they are all our brothers and sisters, that we are all together. We are all family. And it's so important to keep that in mind. And I must say that groups that I never expected to react to what happened on Shabbos, groups in our own community, um, did react in a most appropriate manner with offers of condolences and help to the community in Pittsburgh. And I think that goes a long way, and I think it's really important. And frankly, not all their members of each group are going to know that their leadership reacted that way because, frankly, they're not all on social media and they're not all reading statements that come out in public forum to, uh, you know, to address political issues and, and episodes like this. But um, I think it has to be mentioned that um, that everybody really has come forward with the appropriate response to all of this. They are all of everybody. They are all our brothers and sisters, and they need to feel that way, and we need to remember that. Monday morning at 14 minutes before 9 o'clock. This is brand new from the Kinderlach, and you're listening to JM in the AM. I'm <laughs> 
Mikudesh had brand new from the Kinderlach. It's Igdadian company with uh, that recent album entitled Sababa. Monday morning here at JM in the AM. Well, it's not all about what's happening here. There's plenty going on around the world, including Israel, of course. And Mayor Weingarten has the Israel show coming up just nine minutes from now here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Mayor Weingarten, Boker Tov to you. Boker or... I actually thought of you because I, I I read the uh, the teaser for the show uh, on the air earlier, and I actually thought of you when um, when I heard about the prime minister's reception in Oman. Right. And yeah, I mean, it, it just uh, it's so it's so interesting, you know. Here in this country, obviously, uh, the focus is on the height of anti-Semitic behavior. What is right. what what is in fact more you know anti-Semitic behavior than murdering Jews? Right. As we saw right. this past Shabbos, of course. But by the same token, or I should say, at the same time. It is unbelievable to watch the Prime Minister of Israel being feted and greeted and lauded and welcomed in environments that, frankly, in the past he would not be welcomed in. Absolutely. It, it's, it's just amazing. Miraculous. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, people don't realize the miracle behind it. It's, it's such a miracle that we're watching this. The, there's a statement that I'll read on uh, later on on the show, a statement that I found in... <laughs> In the newspaper of um, I, don't, I don't know one of the one of the Arab Gulf uh, states, um, which you you can't believe it if you read it you will not believe that uh, you know this is uh, seventy years or so after the founding of the state where they tried to kill us all that um, they're talking about uh, the state of Israel as a fact. Amazing, I'll tell you. It's a fact, and we deal with it, and we can't close our eyes to it, we can't ignore 
it's it's amazing. Now, obviously, there's, it's not it's not because they're uh, so loving of Jews, right? It's a, pra- a practical reason. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about the different you know ideas of what brings this about. But at the end of the day, this is just amazing. And and that the Hatikva finally, and we spoke many times on right. the Israel show yep. about sports events yep. that um, that are political. That are political and that in Arab countries would not allow right. uh, Israel to participate as Israel. Right. So they participated on some other flag and whatever. They played the, when, when we won, they played the anthem of the International Judo Federation. Nobody <laughs> even knows what it was. <laughs> you know? And now for the first time, Hatikva is played in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. By the way, and again, please, and not just you, but I'm saying everybody, please be careful how you hear what I'm about to hear. Even the the need that the PA feels that they have to condemn the attack in Pittsburgh, which of course is absurd and the greatest level of chutzpah and this entity, which you know is paying the murderers of Jews, you know salaries to their families for the rest of their lives. Okay, so we know it's absurd and it's chutzpah and it's and it's insane. We get it, but the fact that they feel the need to do it yes. is miraculous. That's the PC world right. that we live in, but it is. But but that points out to the ridiculousness yeah. of it, and in the same breath and at the same time, yesterday and we'll talk about this a little bit. Also, Abbas gave a major speech, which really made zero headlines, in which he said, "We we don't accept the Trump deal, even though I don't even know what the Trump deal is yet. Right. We don't accept it because Jerusalem in its entirety is going to be the the, the, the capital of uh, of, Pal- of the Palestinian state and." Right. And Israel uh, will have to allow all the refugees back, and nah, 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 and you know, so uh, nothing's new. Nothing's new. The world is absolutely upside down. Unbelievable. All right, and man. yet there are moments of light. Thank God, and that's what we'll try and focus on some of them today. Right. All right. So an upside down world, but a straightforward show coming up between nine and ten. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> that's not upside down. Mayor Weingarten with the Israel Show coming up next. The Israel Show has a Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash The Israel Show. We highly recommend. You like that page immediately if you haven't done so already. Monday morning broadcast. Well, how can we close out JM and the AM with any song other than this, the classic Achenu, on this Monday morning at JM and the AM?
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world web, NachumSingle.com on the NachumSingle Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing and incredible Monday. Which we didn't have to do these shows. But uh, the fact that we had an opportunity to be together from all around the world. And to pay tribute to our brothers and sisters and talk about the the brotherhood and the unity that we feel this morning and the comfort that hopefully we around the world are able to give to our brothers and sisters in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. For that alone in the aftermath of the uh, of the horrific massacre this past Shabbos, for that alone it was worth getting together with everybody this Monday morning, and I thank you. A reminder, on Wednesday we are live from Yeshivat Noam as they celebrate their 18th anniversary. Plenty tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. Mayor Weingarten next with the Israel Show. And then, of course, it'll be uh, after further review with Yoni Pollock. And then Jake Novak with Novak Now, all on the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a great Monday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.